This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. This is the AC Report. Well, they blew up the chicken man in Philly last night. And they blew up his house, too. Down on the boardwalk, they're ready for a fight. Gonna see what them racket boys can do Now there's trouble busting in from out of state And the DA can't get no relief Gonna be a rumble on the promenade And the gambling commissioner's hanging on by the skin of his teeth Everything dies, baby, that's a fact Everything that dies someday he comes back. Put your makeup on, fish your hair up pretty, and meet me tonight in Atlantic City. Time for our weekly look at the most interesting 48 blocks in America, and I can't think of anybody that I'd rather look at them with than David Danzis. David Danzis is a terrific journalist. He is now the lead writer for both Play NJ and Play NY, and uh, he is the uh, former casino and Atlantic City political reporter at the Press of Atlantic City as well. David, it's been too long. Thanks for joining me on the program. Frank, it has been too long, man, and thanks for inviting me back. It's always a pleasure. No, a pleasure. the pleasure is uh, is certainly mine. So uh, l- last time we spoke, you were simply the lead writer for Play NJ. Now you're writing for Play NJ and Play NY, so you have to cover a lot of the New York gambling activities. Tell me the, the differences in covering the New Jersey gambling marketplace versus New York. What's the same? What's different? How much of a greater challenge is that for you? Yeah, I, I would say the biggest challenge is, you know, Atlantic City and New Jersey is such a, we call it a mature market, right? It's, it's a very established market. Um, there's not really any surprises. There's nothing really that catches me off guard. Um, I feel like every time I, I try to dig in a little deeper on what's going on in New York, particularly with these three downstate uh, casino licenses, there's always something kind of waiting behind the corner that I didn't anticipate or I didn't expect. Uh, so it's keeping me on my toes a little bit, which is nice. I feel like a uh, a young cub reporter again, sort of learning the ropes. So if anything, maybe that's the big difference at this point in time. Give, give us the latest on what's happening with New York casinos. So the, the deal approved by the state legislature, I believe, is three casinos for the New York City area. And mm-hmm. we don't know if that's necessarily going to be in New York City. But what is the smart money saying, David, uh, who, where these casinos are likely to be? What are you hearing? So the, the consensus seems to be 
that two of the licenses are, are going to go to the established racinos, right? So we're, we're talking Aqueduct and Yonkers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not entirely convinced that that's going to happen. Um, I think if you talk to most people that that's likely, right? Empire City uh, run by MGM Resorts and uh, Resorts World run by Genting Group. They seem to kind of be the front runners for those two existing licenses. You've got one more up in the air. And you've got some big names involved in trying to get that license, Frank. We're talking Hard Rock International, Caesars Entertainment, Bally's, um, Las Vegas Sands, Mohegan. Um, so there are some big players that are looking to, to get into New York and specifically New York City. Um, right now, if, if I was to place my money on a front runner for that third license, I would say it's Hard Rock International uh, looking at building a casino out on Willits Point. Uh, in conjunction with Steve Cohen. Hmm. I really think that they have the inside track on on that license. But well, that's yeah. just me, and this is really, really early in the process. So, so if that were to happen, don't take it to the bank. If that were to happen, you'd potentially have a situation where you'd have two all-out casinos in Queens, one at Willits Point and one uh, at Aqueduct? Yep. Wow. Yep. Um, and, yeah, go ahead. And, and a lot of that has to do with just infrastructure and transportation, right, Frank? I mean, I, when we're talking about putting a casino smack dab in the middle of Times Square, you've really got to start thinking about how practical and how realistic that is. Oh, I'm just using that I think it's a disaster. Day. I think it's going to be a total disaster. As somebody that has to drive through Midtown uh, five or six days a week, I'm not looking forward to competing with uh, casino traffic, let me tell you. Hey, I see that uh, Jay-Z is apparently involved mm-hmm. in one of these casino bids now. Uh, which one is he involved in, and how does that one look? from what you can tell. Yeah, he's involved with the one I just mentioned uh, with Caesars Entertainment for the bid in Times Square. Um, They want to build an entire entertainment complex there, right? Not just a casino resort. They really want to blow this out and and turn uh, casino gambling into a a focal point of what's going on in Times Square. Um, You know, Rock Nation and and Times Square and uh, Caesars Entertainment are, are involved in that bid. Yeah, I see. I think a, a place like uh, Coney Island, for instance, makes a lot more sense than Midtown Manhattan for a host of reasons. But we'll, I guess, we'll wait and see what happens. Do you know the timetable for when they're going to announce these picks? <laughs> I wish I did, Frank. If I did, I, I'd be the richest man in the world. Um, you know, there's a there's a three member board that's tasked with awarding these licenses. They're going to make recommendations to the state gaming commission. Um, they haven't done so yet. We were supposed to get some information in March. Uh, here we are in May. We still haven't heard anything. Rumors are that we might hear something now closer to December. All right. Um, some numbers came out this week with respect to the New Jersey gambling revenue. What are we seeing? What are the top line takeaways? Yeah, it's been a mixed bag for, for going on two and a half years now, Frank. And I feel like I'm the only person who keeps kind of beating this drum. Um you know, total gaming revenue in New Jersey is up, right? So when we talk about everything that's going on in Atlantic City and you combine that with internet gambling and sports uh, betting, gaming revenue is up and everything looks great. So that top line number looks fantastic, $421 million for the month of April, right? You, You can't ask for much more. When you start digging into those numbers, though, you start seeing some cracks in the foundation. And really the cracks are when you look at Atlantic City. Um, And again, we're, we're talking about uh, two uh, out of nine properties are really carrying the water for the entire market. And that's just not sustainable, Frank. And I don't know um, why our local uh, politicians aren't paying attention to this. I don't know why our state politicians aren't paying attention to this, because it's not going to get better when that casino eventually opens in New York 
or those three casinos get fully off the ground and running, uh, things are only going to get worse down here. So I, I really wish people would start paying attention to what's happening in Atlantic City because we're trending the wrong way. So just if you can, just reemphasize the the numbers and which direction they're going for the in-person casino gambling versus the remote gambling. Yeah. So in-person, when, when we talk about land-based casino rev- revenue, we're talking about money from table games, slots, and poker, Got right? right. Um, so specifically... Hard Rock and Ocean Casino have been really carrying the water for the entire Atlantic City market, dating back to 2021 when the properties reopened from the COVID closures. And they've been growing at a rate of you know double-digit percentages each month for the year-over-year comparison. So when you compare April 23 to April 22, you know Hard Rock and Ocean are really the only two casinos that were boosting the entire market up. Um, last month was a little weird. It was Ocean and Golden Nugget, surprisingly. Mm. Um, Hard Rock actually went back a little bit. But internet gaming has been exploding since COVID, right? And it's no secret why. People were stuck inside their houses for a good chunk of 2020. They found internet gambling on their phone or on their laptops or, or their whatever device they're using, and they, they were drawn in. So we're seeing, you know, before COVID started, we'd be lucky if we saw a $50 million a month from internet gaming. Since the end of COVID, we haven't seen a month below a hundred million. You right? know, so it, uh, go ahead. I'm so surprised. I'm, uh, on the one hand, I am surprised by that. It's kind of like the conversation we were having about remote work 15 minutes ago. It, but on the other hand, I guess I'm not. I mean, I, when COVID ended and the casinos were reopened, I was eager to go back and play in person, to play craps or baccarat or whatever else in person in casinos, just like I've been doing for decades. Why is everybody not of that way? Were they just so accustomed to the remote gaming? Well, you got to remember, Frank, you and I are are a certain demographic of a casino customer, right? We go there because we enjoy everything that the casino offers, right? You and I, we're going to have, you know, a couple of bourbons, smoke a cigar, like you said, shoot some dice, play a little cards. We're we're there for everything. See a show, you know, the whole nine. There are other people, Frank, that are, are gamblers, right? And that's all they care about is just the gambling aspect of the casino. And for their money, uh, you know, to, to, to fire, for lack of a better term, uh, the convenience of Internet gambling trumps, you know, the, the trip into Atlantic City, paying for parking, paying for toll. Yeah, I guess. Getting, I guess so. You know, it, convenience matters. And, and we live in a world where people would much rather uh, be, you know, not have to worry about being inconvenienced. And that's sort of what you're seeing there. So that's, you know, short answer. Uh, talking with David Danzis, you could check him out at uh, playnj.com, playny.com. Nobody better when it comes to covering gambling than uh, David Danzis. One of the things that was supposed to be a game changer when it was legalized more broadly was uh, was sports gambling. Sports gambling, no question about it, provided a big boon to New Jersey gambling revenues. But now New York has moved forward with not just legalized sports betting, but legalized esports betting. What has the increase in the legalization of sports betting in other jurisdictions meant for Atlantic City and New Jersey? It, it, you know, it hasn't had as adverse an impact as I think people expected, but that's not necessarily saying that it doesn't matter. Um, you know, when New York went, went live with online sports betting in, in January 2022, we saw an immediate drop off in New Jersey, but not so much in Atlantic City. 
Um, and that's because, again, people were using their, their mobile phones to, to bet on sports. They weren't really going to the casinos as much uh, to do it. We've, we've seen, I don't even want to call it a rebound. I want to, it's a resurgence in Atlantic City, uh, specifically with the Super Bowl in February and then with March Madness uh, bleeding into you know, the early parts of April. Sports betting has actually really picked up in Atlantic hmm. City, regardless of what's happening outside of, of our state's borders. So for all the talk of you know, sports betting is going to be a game changer when it arrived in 2018, you know, we saw that, that initial flash in the pan but it really never was a revenue generator. Now it's turning into what it was always meant to be, which is an added amenity to the gaming experience in Atlantic City. And it's really become complimentary and, and helped boost the casino's overall bottom line. When you're looking at the casino numbers of who's doing what, what Ocean is doing, what Golden Nugget uh, specifically this month is doing, what Borgata is doing, if you were going to make a prediction, not a hope, but a prediction, do you think we will see any of the existing nine Atlantic City casinos close or be sold in the near future? Yes. Um, I don't want to go too much into detail because I, you know, I don't want to talk out of school and I don't want to give people the impression that I have some sort of insider knowledge about this when I don't. Um, but just looking at the the view from ten thousand feet. Um, it's inevitable, Frank. It, there's, there's almost no way that Atlantic City can continue to operate with nine casinos, um, with Pennsylvania taking a larger chunk out of uh, the market, New York inevitably going to take a larger chunk out of the market, and as we've been talking about, internet gaming uh, taking a chunk out of the market. You know, I, I work with some incredibly intelligent people. There was a huge conference in East Rutherford last week. Uh, with lots of very, very intelligent industry folk. And they all say that internet gaming hasn't, they use the word cannibalized, uh, brick-and-mortar gambling. They're all wrong, every one of them. Um, and I'm going to have a story coming out next week about why they're wrong. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a real concern. Um, I hope, you know, your legislators in New York are paying attention to that, as the ones that are pushing for internet gaming um, and what they hope to achieve from that. Uh, there's no question that online gaming has taken away from brick-and-mortar and that's only going to exacerbate and, and get worse here in Atlantic City as other places legalize wow. uh, iGaming and, and more casinos come online. There's there's not a whole lot of good news coming from Atlantic City, Frank. I'm mm. sorry. No, hey, I, that's why we uh, talk to you because you give it to us straight without uh, necessarily sugarcoating it. Hey, so we're, uh, we're on in Baltimore right now, WCBM in Baltimore. There's casino gaming in Baltimore. We're on the Nevada Talk Radio Network. There's casinos all over Nevada. There are uh, – we're on in upstate New York. Uh, there's a casino in the Catskills, a Resorts World casino. It used to be that there were only a handful of places that you could gamble. Now, I don't know anyone that is more than a day's drive away from a major casino. Is part of the problem, not just for Atlantic City, but for everybody, that there's just too much gambling out there and too much available casino opportunities. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is simple economics, right? Supply and demand 101. Um you know, the, the reason why Atlantic City thrived for 40 years was where else were you going to go? You know, <laughs> you, know we, we, you could get on a plane and you could fly to Vegas. You could go to Reno if that's what you wanted to do. But if you lived on the East Coast, it, it was Atlantic City or bust. And, you know, then the, the reservations in Connecticut got casinos and Pennsylvania got casinos. The Delaware got casinos. 
you know, and, and now it's, you're right. There's, there's not a state on the East coast with the exception of, you know, what Vermont and New Hampshire and Maine uh, that don't have casinos. Yeah. So, yeah. No, there's no people there anyway. Um, but um, <laughs> when I was in Las Vegas uh, uh, two years ago, one of the things that uh, I didn't get to see the show, but one of the things that people were making a big deal about and uh, that everyone was talking about and there were a lot of advertisements for was something called absinthe. And absinthe mm-hmm. in Vegas was uh, that was supposed to be the the bee's knees. For people that don't know, what what is absinthe and what are the folks behind absinthe doing in Atlantic City? All right. So we're on at four o'clock in the morning. I can get a little colorful with my language. Uh, absinthe, <laughs> absinthe is a circus on LSD, yeah. right? That's, that's the best way to describe it. Um, it's just over the top, uh, acrobatics and, and live entertainment and, and a little bit of cabaret and singing. And, and I mean, it's just an entire live entertainment experience. And you're right. Absinthe has absolutely taken over the Las Vegas entertainment scene. It's, it's arguably the best show on the strip. The folks behind that, uh, it's a company called Spiegel World. Um, are bringing a year-round live entertainment residency here to Atlantic City. It's the first in in casino gaming's history in Atlantic City. This is a huge deal. Um, They are refurbishing the entire historic Warner Theater um, on the Atlantic City boardwalk. It's now part of Caesars Atlantic City. Um, We got a really great walkthrough yesterday of what this space is going to look like. You're going to have a small, intimate theater, about 400 seats in there with, you know, beautiful leather-bound booths and and mezzanine seating so you can see everything that's going on. And then they're going to add in this dining element. Um, And again, this is pulling something straight from Vegas. There's a restaurant called Super Frico uh, in the Cosmopolitan, and they describe this as Italian-American psychedelic. And again, it's sort of this interactive, immersive dining experience, uh, similar to the Mayfair Supper Club that you have in Vegas, um, where, you know, the actors and, and the performers from this Spiegel World show are going to be uh, part of your dining experience. So it's all very sort of uh, new age and interactive and, and, and um, trippy <laughs> is the best way. I can that sounds great. What is the timetable for this? Yeah. So it's called The Hook. Um, we're going to have a, a premiere at the end of June. And then the world premiere of The Hook in Atlantic City is going to be July 21st. Uh, I am uh, going to make sure that I am there for that. Frank, uh, I got you on the short list, man. You're my, you're my guest. I got uh, you and Rachel on the short list. Outstanding. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, and uh, I won't make you uh, wake up in the middle of the night to talk to me uh, as appreciation for that. David, it's always a treat to talk with you, my friend. Thanks for the great work you're doing. You got it, man. Talk to you soon. Take care. David Danzis. Read him at PlayNJ.com, PlayNY.com. What a resource. What an intellect. What a sharp guy. You want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you're welcome to do so. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Still to come, we'll talk news of the day, news of the world, with the one and only Brian Kilmeade in a bit. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 